welcome to episode 25 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Peter Zemis. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back here again in person. I say here again, but I literally just finished recording with Stephen and we're just doing a back-to-back one. Peter's here with me. We're still in Naples. We're at VentureX, a little cool co-working space. So we're actually in person. We've got high-tech equipment. Podcast is getting serious. So we're going to have a chat. Peter is my cousin. Don't know what we're going to talk about. Could be seven hours long if we're not careful. We're currently kind of living together, walk up and down the beach and, and everything every day. We're having conversations about anything and everything. So we're going to try and focus in on you know, what Peter does, whatever the hell that is. And, you know, some, some other things that are related to fitness and life and wellness and health and all that stuff in general. So, uh, here it is, Peter. What's up, man? Yo, what's up? Glad to be here. Talk, talk a little louder. Don't be shy. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. This is the first time with a real mic. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting feeling. Like we were just talking about being in the, in the studio like this is like, it's a cool feel, right? Like it feels, it feels legit. We're not just talking on zoom, obviously like we're cousins so we see each other. It's not like a weird thing to just be in the same room, but, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels different. We're pros. We made it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're official. So wherever they want to send that uh, million billion dollar check, uh, you know, just let us know. Joe Rogan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just give the people a quick intro of yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So, uh, as Dan said, I'm a I'm his cousin, so about six weeks younger than him. So he's I guess he's the older brother. I don't know, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. I mean, uh, I used to be in the fitness space um, five years ago, six years ago. Wrote a couple of books and they did great. Uh, you know, have my degree in health sciences, um, but then I pivoted away to just do focus on internet marketing, which is like kind of what I'm passionate about, um, and writing, and that that's kind of what I do now. Wonderful. So, in the interest of staying on schedule, you just mentioned what you did fitness, internet marketing. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know, I still ask myself that question every day. People ask me, what do I do? You know, yeah, yeah our grandma asks us and I tell her I work for Google. I do the Google stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, if you've seen Mad Men, you've seen it. Um, I've seen it. Yeah. Don Draper, uh, the main character is an ad man. Um, and so I guess I'm digital Don Draper in the simplest of terms. That would be a bit of a a simplification, but let, let's keep it at like that. Digital Don Draper. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't watched Mad Men, Mad Men is a, a TV show. Don Draper works for an ad agency and he writes uh, like commercials and different advertising campaigns for like, I think he does Coca-Cola or maybe that's at the end of the show yeah. or whatever, just different like companies. Um, and that's that. And so Peter does that in the internet world. So for, you know, any products that you've ever seen online, I mean, not all of them, obviously, but like people who sell things online, which is basically everyone, somebody writes those advertisements and that is more or less what you do? Pretty much, yeah. You know, anything from like long form weird gadgets to, you know, supplement offers to uh, January this year, I was writing for Jordan Belfort. So that was cool. So yeah, really. Just a casual, little, casual name drop. Yeah, that was casual. Jordan, Jordan Belfort, if you didn't catch that one. The, the wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the gist of it. Uh, it's, it's great. You know, now I'm pivoted to YouTube ads specifically for a long time. And it's going beyond the ad level. I'm really directing the ads um, and just seeing uh, the real magic behind the internet marketing curtain. Tell me, what does somebody like Jordan Belfort, yeah. he's an ad guy, yeah. you know, stocks and whatever. He's an ad guy. Yeah. Why does he need to hire someone to write ads? He's not a writer. And it's a little bit of a different craft, like speaking sales versus writing sales. Um, and that is why he kind of hired me because um, my expertise is in writing. He excels at, yeah, speaking and and doing it, I guess, right away. Um, writing, you get to press backspace, so it's a little more thinking. Um, it's a little bit harder, at least in my opinion, uh, to get people to read something instead of just, you know, because if you're, if you're selling something in person, like you're physically there, you know, we're speaking, um, there's an energy in the room, whereas writing, you really have to translate that energy in, you know, your content. So it's, it's a bit more difficult, but it's fun. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you're selling something over the internet, you're not there physically. So you can't feed off that person's energy. And this is like my big thing with like in-person personal training with versus online. Someone who's online, I can't, I can't see what they're doing in that moment, but someone who's, um, you know, a client who I'm there with, I can react to them in that moment. But, you know, and I guess ads kind of the same, right? If I'm trying to sell you a car, you know, the, the, the used car salesman, I can read your body language and know if I'm losing you or know if I got you right away. But if it's just a, you know, a copy that it's sent out into the world, there's no way of knowing how that person is reacting until you see the data 
much after. And then you got to comb through that to find out, well, what part of this worked, what part of it didn't and all yeah. that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And for those that don't know, copy is the word we use for the writing aspect of the ad. It's called copy. You know, copywriting is not the same spelling as copywriting as like a term of, you know, something you own. It's copywriting with a W. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm using terms as I hang out with Peter a little yeah. bit more and try and try and feel official with the lingo. But um, yeah. How did you, how did you find this? How did this become a thing? Yeah. Um, back in 2015, you know, I was a pretty fat kid or 2014. Um, bought a bunch of fitness eBooks. I uh, by John Romanello, uh, who, you know, um, another guy, Joel Marion and ended up on their email list, you know, they're emailing us cause we bought their book. Uh, it turns out like all these guys are best friends. And I'm like, there's no way these guys who live in different cities are the best friends in the world, which in the case of John and Joel's, they actually were, but everyone else they were interacted with, they just, they were part of the internet marketing crowd. And so once I figured that out, um, I met a guy named Jason Capital, another dude that, you know, mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a seminar. It was called Digital Millionaire. It was in 2015. I was 20 or 19, something like that. So I was underage in Vegas, which was a whole thing in itself. <laughs> and uh, the seminar kind of taught me the bare bones of internet marketing, you know, how to write a book, how to sell it, um, even if you don't have an audience, um, the whole kind of funnel idea of ascension ladders, um, anything, you know, I'm using big words, but it's yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. Ex- Explain those words. What's yeah. a funnel? What's an ascension ladder? So a funnel is... Uh, I guess if you had a book, the funnel would be uh, a book plus whatever else you sell in the back end. So in the case of you, you know, if we had a, a training book, the funnel would be the training book to Daniel's, yours coaching, right? You know, private coaching. So whenever you buy something online, just to anyone listening, you know, you, you buy something and then it says, hey, upgrade to this other package for just, you know, $20 more. That's the funnel, yeah. right? Yeah, that would be the funnel. Uh, McDonald's does it, you know, it came from McDonald's where they do, you know, would you like to add, uh, where'd you might like to supersize this? That was the original funnel. Right. Ah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that, but that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so how did you actually develop skill then? Because this is not yeah. like, you know, there's no, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's courses on like internet marketing no. aside from internet marketers selling yeah. it. Like <laughs> it's not something that you can do in school or like in the quote unquote regular world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. There is like mentorship once you get to a high enough level, but if you've ever been in the internet marketing world, um, everyone charges, overcharges for their time because it's the internet world. They feel special. Um, the average person, for example, will probably charge, you know, thousands an hour for consulting in the internet world because they're an internet marketer. I'm using air quotes right now, which you can't see, but there won't be video for this, for this podcast, unfortunately, but yeah. And, uh, and so obviously I couldn't afford that when I was in, well, I was in university, so I decide to just write my own book and figure out how to make it work. And basically, you know, it's just, it's as if you went into the gym and started lifting weights, you know, it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. Um, and you learn from feedback with your body, you know, in the case of marketing, I learned from feedback from the marketplace. You know, my first book that I wrote, I made one sale, um, January 1st, no, January 3rd, 2016, nine forty five, $9.45. Um, and that was the only sale I made from that, that first book. Nice. <laughs> but it was greater than zero. So it was, probably still felt like a win. Oh, it was the best one I ever had so far to date. Yeah. Um, some guy, his name was Mauricio. I still remember. <laughs> He's from Texas. I don't know his last name, but, and he didn't refund the book, which is even better. Amazing. Um, and then the second book I wrote, um, the year, I guess a little bit later, I think it sold like 15 or 20 copies. Um, a couple hundred bucks still. I mean, I worked for about a year and a half to make like $300. So, you know, horrible try time trade value, but right. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's how it goes. Like no one, no one hits a home run. Same like you just made that analogy of the gym and we'll keep, you know, bringing things back to fitness here a little bit, but it's like, you don't go to the gym once and get jacked, right? You don't go to the gym five times and get jacked. You don't go to the gym for one year and become a, you know, a Greek God, you know, it takes time. Internet marketing is like, it's a job, you know, like doctors go to school for four, eight years, 12 years. Internet marketing is not like, yes, you can get rich quick but the odds of that happening are very slim. And the people that do that are selling how to get rich quick off of you. Right. You know, uh, I treat it very much as like, I'm still in, in school, but the school of internet marketing. Right. You know, um, after the second book, anyways, I wrote the third one final, you know, I was going into my finals for fourth year, uh, which I skipped pretty much all my classes that year to write this third book, uh, by the way, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, I remember I was walking to the gym and I started seeing these sales come in you know, you know, five sales, 10 sales is all in like one day. And then, you know, hundred sales the first day, hundred sales the second day. It was like, oh, I'm making more money than the professors now. Why am I going to do exams? So yeah. it was, uh, it was something else. And 
I learned a lot and that's, you know, I just kept making mistakes and like learning. That's right. kind of how I learned it. Right. And that's, that's how any ads work. Yeah. Right? You don't, you know, the stuff that you do that we talk about, it's like, you can't write an ad that's going to hit a home run every single time. Absolutely. It's impossible. You got to keep, you got to keep trying it and like little wins, little wins, little wins. And they add up over time. Like, yeah, sure. You might get lucky and hit a home run, but you, your legitimate plan can't be to hit a home run every time. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh there's a baseball analogy I like where, you know, yeah, you can hit home run and just keep hitting singles all day. Just keep hitting the singles until, you know, you get to the final. Yeah. Two, two Canadian kids making baseball analogies as if we know yeah. anything about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing that you mentioned there was like the kind of get rich quick, which is like, you know, it seems very scammy to people who don't understand. There's yeah. tons of advertisements on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on mm-hmm. everywhere about like work from your phone, make money online, work at the beach, work an hour a day. What's that all about? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's that lifestyle thing. You know, Tim Ferriss started it years ago with his four hour work week and he kind of brought that that internet marketing to the front of uh, everyone's mind, you know, work from the beach, which uh, which was great, except for like, as you know, we go to the beach. No one actually wants to work at the beach. You want to be at the beach to be the beach, you know, and then uh, you work from home. Like, you know, I, I get the appeal of working from the beach because it seems cool. It seems like you're in control of your life. There's the freedom aspect. And that's like what the whole idea is. It's like you're selling people freedom. You're not selling people work from the beach. The freedom to work from the beach, freedom to do whatever you want, when you want, with who you want. Right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you can get rich quick online. There's no doubt about it. You can get rich quick doing anything, though. Of course. So. Of course. Online is just, there's no barrier to entry online. Like anyone, like we could put up a page that says get rich quick or whatever and uh, sell to anyone. No one's going to check us. No one's going to fact check us until we get big. And then the FTC will come in and kind of fuck us. Right. Yeah. Which is which is good and bad, obviously. There, there's pros and cons to that as yeah. well. I mean, that's something that I have a gripe about in fitness is that the barrier to entry to being a trainer, even in person, is like incredibly low. And and honestly, I think it's 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 a little bit dangerous because I think trainers should be more part of the health system, but they're not. Yeah. But anyways, separate kind of separate kind of thing. So these these get rich quick and not even get rich quick. These make money online, do anything. Yeah. They are real. They do real, but they're not magic. No, they're not. They require effort and like. The thing is what I've learned at least in copywriting and advertising is that you do need to sell people like what they want to hear and then give them what they need to know after. Because if you try to sell them what they actually need to know, like for example, fitness, like no one wants to hear that. Oh, you actually do have to like maybe not eat a bag of chips at night. You do actually have to go for a walk. You do have to go to the gym. You have to, ah, you have to eat salad a little bit. (laughs) No, but I can't sell that to you. You know, I can sell you the weekend diet where yes, uh, you eat, you can eat pizza, burgers, and French fries on your diet on your weekend and still lose weight. That right. seems sexy. And you just tell them, you know, you, in the program or whatever you're teaching or coaching, you just teach them how to do that. But, you know, from a selling standpoint, it, that would, you know, if you just sell salad, you just eat salad and lose weight. Yes, that would work. But no one will buy that program. No one will buy into it. Yeah. And this is kind of this concept of like aggressive marketing, right? Where as long as the product, the end product is actually legit, if the marketing is aggressive, you know, you can, you can make, you can make it work because, you know, you're, you're the one who told me this, like people are going to spend their money on dumb shit. They might as well spend their money on you who is giving them something good. Exactly. Also, I mean, people's money is better in my bank account than maybe anyone else's, at least in my opinion, of course. So. Right. Right. And I mean, it, it, it sounds like to someone listening to this, it might sound like, oh my God, that's so like cocky, sleazy, cocky, yeah. but like, but it's not like people are going to spend their money and all these crazy ass like diets and food products and weight loss devices. Like I just talked about with Steven, but I was talking on Instagram and it's mm-hmm. like that jaw clamping <laughs> thing. It's like, how fucking ridiculous is that? But like yeah. people are going to buy that I know. because, you know, for whatever reason that's going on in their life and whatever marketing that they see, someone is going to buy that. So would I rather sell them something that they're going to pay money to me where I can actually help them legitimately? Of course. Yeah. And that's where like internet marketing becomes like magic is when you have like an internet marketer for myself who partners with talent in this case, let's say you, cause you know what the hell you're talking about in fitness and I know how to sell the shit. And when we come together, it's like, oh, we got aggressive marketing, which means we can beat out the shitty competition. And then we have a good product that people get, you know, and so everyone is fulfilled. We make money, the customers get you know, what they need to transform, everyone wins. There's none of this, you know, when internet marketing starts most of the time because they learn how to sell stuff, they're like, oh, let's just put together a crappy product and sell it because we can, Right. you know? And it's then, you know, those people, you know, they end up where they end up and that's just the type of person they are. You know, the people that make this a career usually end up like where I am, 
or a bunch of my friends are, where it's just find good talent, partner with them, make them the face, and we sell it. And everyone, you know, everyone's happy. Right. And I think the the biggest example of this that people might be able to relate to is the V shed, the V shred <laughs> conundrum, let's yeah. call it. Right. So for anyone who doesn't know, and I barely even know this, but V shred is a company, a uh, fitness company. They sell workout programs. They have very aggressive marketing. They promise very, very uh, insane results. And, you know, they say a bunch of crazy shit in their ads, but you know, there's a guy, V shred, whatever his name is, Vince, Vince yeah. who is the face of it. But then there's a whole marketing machine behind him and that's yeah. what it is. And so, yeah, have they gone a little bit overboard? And that's why like, I've literally only found them because I've heard other like legitimate people, Christian Thibodeau and whatever, shitting on them. Yeah. And and even he said in his like rebuttal video, he's like, honestly, the program, it's not terrible. Like it's yeah. not dangerous. It's not, it's not good, but it's not terrible, but they just market the fuck out of it. Yeah. And so that's why they're making truckloads of money. Yeah. And yeah. now, you know, it could be worse. They could be selling something that's legitimately dangerous, like, a, you know, some you know dangerous type of supplement and you know, something like that. But they put that marketing machine behind it. And sure, could they partner with someone who's a little bit smarter? Yeah. Maybe. But they didn't. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about truckloads of money, V-Shred is a half a billion dollar a year. That's a billion with a B, by the way. Yeah. A year company. So they know what they're doing. They move a ton of product. And yeah, the products aren't like, they're not world class. But they're good enough to get people into the gym. And at least in my opinion, that's all that matters. Just get into the gym. Yeah. And, and I've talked with this with you as well as like, I'm personally not willing to go there. I also don't know how to do what they do. And that's why someone who's like a technician and not that I'm like some, you know, expert, you know, top level, I think I'm very good at what I do, but I'm not the top of the top. Um, you know, you need that marketing behind you to actually get your stuff out there. Yeah. Um, because you know, the money, the money matters and, and you need to be able to, you need to be able to help people as well. It's not even about the money. It's just standing out from the rest of the crowd because at the end of the day, like you, at least for me, you know, I would want everyone to buy Daniel's products. I know how good they are, you know, but to get to Daniel's products, they have to swim through the river of shit called the internet marketing world. Yeah. Right. And so if we're going to sell Daniel stuff, we better, you know, we better stand the fuck out. Right. And that's, and that's what I was going to say. I blanked on it before, but you know, people like V Shred, people like the, the the celebrities, like even what's the guy? Uh, he's an actor, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. That he has his fitness app. Like, is Chris Hemsworth a fitness expert? Like, obviously not. Like, he's in great shape. I'm sure his yeah. trainers and whatever built his whole app, and I think it's like pretty successful and whatever. And that's great. But you know, someone like that with a big name, V Shred, again, whatever, they're getting people off the couch and in the gym. And overwhelmingly, I think that's a good thing. Could they be doing a better job? More likely than not, the answer is yes, but they're getting people off their ass into the gym. And then my thought is that eventually those people will, like you said, swim through the shit of internet yeah. marketing and then find, you know, the good people in this industry, whether it's me or whether it's someone else. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of how it works, but it would help if the good people also had better marketing too. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's good and bad. It's more like intermediate and beginner, right? Vshred is a beginner program everyone like yourself is intermediate to advanced, especially, especially you. So at least V-Shred is basically getting you customers. That's how I see it. They'll yeah. be getting Daniel Yoris and the other, other trainers, you know, Thibodeau, they all get them customers. And in my opinion, the only reason that all these guys are shitting on them is because V-Shred makes half a billion dollars. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And they're just upset about it. Of course. And, and, and they get a little bit of attention because yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, a, a title on YouTube that has V-Shred and so people are Googling it. They'll yeah. still find it. So like, I mean, they're, they're not dumb either with the, exactly. why they do those videos. Yeah. I think the other guy that I saw a video was, uh, Greg Doucette. He's like a big name on, yeah, he's, on YouTube and he's hilarious. Yeah. I think his stuff is, <laughs> is very funny. Um, but you know, he made a video ranting and going crazy about yeah. V-Shred and it's like, yeah, well that's going to get a lot of clicks and, yeah. and you know, that's his own version of like marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit to like more of the actual ins and outs of the internet marketing. There's yeah. obviously good stuff and there's bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Do the people who do the shady shit last? If they then go to prison, like there's that issue, right? So I have people that I know. We don't need to name names. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll sell very aggressive products with very aggressive claims. You know, let's call it lose 30 pounds in 30 days kind of thing. Um, they, you know, the FTC obviously frowns upon that. Because it's all, it's, it's a, it's a lie. I mean, depending on how you spin it, like if you just didn't eat for 30 days, I guess, yes, you could lose 30 pounds. And if you're significantly overweight, is someone going to do that? Like, probably not, you know, um, 
they might last, you know, but they'll never build like a brand and they'll get people to give them money once. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say if they'll last or not. I just personally, like I wouldn't feel good about it. You know, know, I I could be a pretty aggressive marketer sometimes, but there does come a point where it's like, I don't want to blatantly just lie, you know? And I think that's where the line is at least morally for me. Um, I don't mind betting the truth a bit and like really pushing the boundaries, but a straight up lie would, uh, wouldn't fly with me. And like, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, you know? And like, I also wouldn't be able to sleep if like, I know the FTC could come at any point and just be like, and just slap me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be good for yeah. obvious reasons. Obviously. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you might, you might, you know, one might sell some crazy lie product yeah. uh, and make a truckload of money and then disappear. And maybe that's their whole end game is like, they don't even want to be in this game for a long time. Mm-hmm. They want to make. $30 million off one offer and then disappear and go live in an island. And you know what? It's still kind of shit. But yeah. if that's their goal, then I mean, that's their goal. Yeah. I mean, I know people that, so when we say offer, first of all, um, cause I know Daniel yeah. said that people don't know what an offer is. It is essentially like um, a product, you know, whether it's a supplement, a book, an ebook, a video course, that's what the term is offer is called. Um, and yeah, so I know people that actually do that. They just, they want to get internet marketing to make a bunch of cash flow to just invest in real estate, you know, or to make a bunch of cash flow and donate to, you know, children's hospitals, you know. So there's, there's, for the most part, a good end game with a lot of people. There's very few shady marketers that I know that are just like shitty people. You know, I know one like Australian dude. I don't really know him that well, um, but I've heard that he just, you know, scams people and like sets up a new company every year, basically, and just doing the exact same thing over and over again. Um which again, also like would I want to be on the run from the FTC every year of my life? Like how is that worth like any kind of money? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So much for living like the freedom lifestyle yeah. of online. <laughs> if you're literally running from everyone all the time, it doesn't yeah. really make any sense. And like, for sure, that's not going to fly. Right. Yeah. In your opinion, aside from the obvious things, why is it important to make a lot of money? Um, I guess First of all, you got to define like what is a lot of money, right? Okay. So, so let me define two things. The obvious things would be like, you know, being able to buy a house, being able to buy clothes, being able to go on vacation, you know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of money, let's say like, uh, I don't know. I guess it depends uh, where you're from, right? Let's say, let's say, uh, let's say a million dollars a year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess in any city, a million dollars would fly pretty well. Yeah. Um, well, for one, as we know, Naval, money solves all the money problems, right? Uh, for all the, for people that don't know what that means, I mean, you know, if you get a, if you get a ticket, for example, you know, paying the, paying the ticket, you know, $500 ticket, for example, or 50 over, um, it's not a big deal. You know, you break an arm. If you're in America, you can go to the doctor's office, not an issue. And if you have money, you're great. But if you don't have money, all of a sudden that's like a, that's like a fucking crisis. Yeah. You know, that's like, oh, do I put food on my table or do I heal my broken arm? Do I pay this fine or do I put my children through, you know, sports school, whatever. So that's number one, in my opinion. Right. Number two, I think in a world that seems to be getting a bit crazier and crazier every year, especially with, uh, with what's been going on, having money gives you freedom, which ultimately is safety, you know, especially in the future, because what used to be safe was go to college, get a job, get married, have kids, buy a home, stay there until, you know, you die basically, um, which is great. It's a great thing. And that was awesome. It probably until honestly, until we were born. Yeah. And like, and like just to interject there, like, you know, 50 to 75 years ago, that lifestyle didn't require all that much money, obviously like relative to inflation, whatever, but even still, like it didn't require that much money. You could work like literally a manual labor, you know, bottom job and be able to like buy a house and like go on vacation and like do stuff. Like you can't work that equivalent level of job or even higher than that and have this quote unquote freedom and like buy a house in Toronto. You you can't buy a house. It's impossible. It's almost impossible. It's uh, what a million dollars, the average home. And those are like semi detached homes now. And like, it's in, you know, gunshot neighborhood. And yeah, yeah. We were, we were in an Uber last week and we were talking to the Uber driver about like, uh, cost of housing in Naples and whatever. And Naples is not like a cheap area to live in or so we thought. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, houses are like getting really expensive here. Like, you know, it's been crazy. People are moving here. We're like, okay, like just curiosity, like what's the cost of like a, you know, like a two bedroom house. And she's like, oh, like you won't get one cheaper than 300,000. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, like 300,000. You can't even, you can't even buy a closet in Toronto for $300,000. Yeah. yeah. You can't buy a con- You can't buy any like 300 square foot condo for $300,000. No, no, no. You can't even sniff that. No. So, so yeah. So it gives, it gives you options, right? It gives you, it gives you the freedom, the freedom to, yeah. you know, the, 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 the JC quote, 
not Jesus Christ, Jason Capital. <laughs> Do what you want with who you want when you want. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and freedom is the new rich in today's world. It's a currency that no one really talks about. You know, the ability to pick up and move, especially when you know you're in a country like Canada who decides to sneakily pass the Bill C-10, which for those that don't know, is to basically censor the internet and turn us into a communist country. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe that's a little bit extreme. We're not yeah. lawyers and blah, blah. But uh, yeah, it's not good. And a lot of stuff is ha- is happening that is not good in Toronto. And that's why we're, and that's why we're here in Naples right now yeah. for, for the time being. And who knows where is next. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, the, but the ability to do that and not that neither of us are like super rich and, you know, we didn't make it yet in our, yeah. even in our own eyes or in anyone's eyes, really. Uh, but you know, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're on the path. I would, uh, I would say that even if I made, you know, a pretty average salary, whatever the average salary is in Toronto, I would much take like even half that and be able to work from anywhere than being able to go to an office job, you know, for sure. Especially at this point in my life. I mean, the ability, I mean, you know, we have a beachfront condo, so it's pretty wicked, but we can literally work from the beach, take a break, go to the ocean, come back, you know, do the work again. It is nothing like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a different lifestyle. And and we've talked about this so many times, but it's yeah. like, why couldn't this be real? It sounds like something that's like, you know, fantasy land. Like mm-hmm. why couldn't you live somewhere that's on the beach right. or near the beach? And it could be even in a, in a cheaper part of the world. Yeah. Like not even have to be the United States. Doesn't have to be even Naples. There are obviously cheaper areas in the U S like, you know, it could be anywhere. Yeah. Pick, pick some Island. You could live there. You can actually do that and, you know, work, on your laptop in right. nearly any industry, right? And this is another thing that I wanted to ask you about is like, why do you think more people don't do this? And, and sorry, yeah. not this as in like living on a beach, but like why don't more people like work for themselves from their laptop? Mm-hmm. Not like you work for, you know, an accounting firm and you're working yeah. remote. I mean, it's a difficult question to answer. I mean, for one, we could talk about you. How we got, you know, took you five years to <laughs> yeah, yeah. get on here. I think, I think it's ultimately a bit of a fear, you know, online, at least up until like COVID was the very risky option. You know, my parents were very like, they weren't against it, but they definitely weren't for it in the beginning, you know, right. especially when I made $9 after a year of work. Right. That didn't help. <laughs> right. But I, I do think people just think it's very, very difficult to enter. They don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. You know, do I start with Instagram, YouTube, Facebook? Do I write a blog? Do I shoot videos? Do I make a sales page? You know, it's a lot. It's overwhelming for someone who doesn't know anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's the big reason. And then other people think like, oh, internet marketing is scammy. That's the second reason. And third is maybe just like people, they don't actually believe they can, they can live that life. You know, they can actually live from their, they can work from their laptop, earn like a living similar or more to what they're earning right now. And, and just like live that life because they've been conditioned by their parents, which isn't their fault, you know, because the world that our parents grew up in was very like straight arrow school, job, kids, marriage, you know, that's it. But the world we live in is like, again, we can, we can work from the beach full time without like any issues. We can work from Costa Rica. We can work from Bali. We can work from Greece. We can work from Toronto full time, no issues. And we can work there three months out of the year and go three months somewhere else. But back then that was never an issue. And so that idea of like, let's hop around is like, I don't say asinine, but like it's completely foreign out of the paradigm. Yeah. I mean, it was like impossible basically. Yeah. We can't just like back then you couldn't just Google good resorts in Bali. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No one has been to Bali. Yeah. 10 years, 20 years ago. Um, It's just, it's a paradigm shift. It's like, I've been having like a war with my parents. So people that don't know, I don't actually have a license to drive, which is, <laughs> <laughs> is a little running joke because my 16-year-old brother has a license now and I don't. But it, again, it's a paradigm shift for me. Like I don't need the license. Um, I get Ubered everywhere if I need to go somewhere or, you know, driven if I, you know, have friends or I walk and like, you know, I get my steps in. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a coffee shop from us like 20 minutes away and yeah, we could get a car and bike or whatever, but it's a nice walk. It's 20 minutes to get my steps in you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then that whole paradigm of not having a license was like, again, it's completely foreign. And like, I also think the world is going there, you know, 10 years from now, not even 10 years, five years now. I mean, Tesla can freaking drive by itself right now. So I assume within five years, trucking industry will be screwed. Um, And then another five years after that, I think, you know, we'll see the whole dramatic shift of just robotic cars taking over. Yeah. And then everyone will look at me and like, I'm like, yeah, that's right. I don't have a license. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Toronto is like an incredibly walkable city. Yeah. So like it makes that whole thing easier. Like the transit system, I mean, it it gets you everywhere you need to go. Is it reliable? 
I don't know, but it gets you, it get, you can get anywhere in the city, like, yeah. you know, with the transit system, whatever. Um, for people who do work like legitimate in-person jobs, mm-hmm. you know, someone who works in, uh, construction, yeah. maybe they're a school teacher, you know, something that is not obviously like online. Yeah. How would you suggest that someone like that can transition to this? If that was something that they wanted to mm-hmm. with like their current skill set, aside from like, Oh, just yeah. learn a completely new skill. Mm-hmm. How would you go about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the easiest way to identify like what your skill set is, first of all, even if it's not like a work, like you have a hobby is like, what do people ask you for information for? You know, like when I talk to Daniel, I usually ask him for, you know, fitness stuff, especially now. Um, people used to ask me for a lot of internet marketing stuff, uh, fitness stuff a long, long time ago. Um, you know, they asked me about TRT stuff now. And so anything that someone asks you repeatedly means they see you as an expert, which means you probably have knowledge more than 99% of people. And that's all it takes to sell something. You know, you don't have to be an expert in your field. You just have to know more than the average person because then you're teaching them something new. And that's how you can create like an online course, a video course, a book if you wanted, um, anything really. You know, it's just what do you know? Because you know something that someone else doesn't and that can help some, that person. And if you can help someone, it's in at least my opinion that you have a duty to put that out into the world because you can dramatically change someone's life and they might just might be on the brink of whatever they're going on and they find you and they're brought back, you know, and you don't know how far the ripple effect goes. We were like, me and Daniel, we were in the ocean the other day last week we we're talking about how my mom used to eat cheese biscuits when I was in the womb and how that affected. And now I'm in internet marketing because of cheese biscuits. And there's a whole string of things, <laughs> which I'm not going to explain here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true though. And I mean, everyone does have some skill or even an interest. This is like very Gary V idea, but you know, he'll say like, Oh, you like, uh, uh, what's like a thing. I don't know. You're into some, like I was looking at around at the table and there's like nothing on the table for me to <laughs> grab an idea from. Um, you know, you like some very niche, like TV show, you like Pokemon. Yeah. That's even too big of an example. You like some random TV show, some random like thing. You can start a podcast about that. You can start a YouTube. You can teach other people about that. You're in construction. You can start a how to, uh, construction YouTube channel, yeah. teach a internet course on that. Like you can internet basically any skill, because if that's something that you're good at and you know how to do, and you don't have to be the best in the world at it. If you know how to do that. There are other people who need to know that skill. Mm-hmm. One thing that has blown my mind about entering the internet world on Instagram and whatever is like, and let this like really listen to this and, and just take a second here. It's like there are 8 billion people in the world. You think someone on Instagram with a million followers is like a big deal. That's like a drop in the bucket. Like there are people who need to listen to everything. And there is someone, if you think that, there are guaranteed other people who like think that and need whatever skill you have as well. There's an audience for literally everything. You know, there's a company that was built on uh, in New York's waiting in line. This dude, like, you know, he saw all these people coming, you know, for the shoe releases or whatever else. He's like, ah, oh, I'm going to wait in line for you. And you just pay me, you know, a couple hundred bucks, build a whole six figure business out of it in New York. He has people waiting in line for him now for his customers. Yeah. You know, um, there was, have you seen like exploding confetti at all? Like the little shooting things? That- no. Okay. So this is actually really cool. We might, okay. we should use this for someone we hate, but <laughs> basically what you can do is, uh, is say someone really pisses you off and you want to send them like something annoying. What they do is they, they send an envelope full of exploding confetti. So when okay. they get the envelope, it explodes everywhere and it's literally impossible to clean. <laughs> it's <laughs> like hilarious. 10 bucks. It's like a multi-million dollar business now. I feel like there'd be some legal issues with that though. No, 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 that's fine. It's just, <laughs> it's just like paper, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. And that's then, funny. Uh, there's some weird businesses. There's like, I heard one. It was, uh, teaches you how to have an alien egg baby. What? Yeah. No joke. It's a real thing. I don't want to go like too deep into it. because It's pretty <laughs> fucking raunchy, <laughs> but it's like a six figure business, dude. It's, it's messed. And even like, I mean, a little bit more real world example of that. I, I think I've told you this story before when I used to, you know, years ago in high school or, or maybe first year of university, whatever. I used to work at like a, that fish market, yeah, which yeah. was great. Honestly, one of the best part-time jobs ever. <laughs> shout out Toppets, shout out Heather Grimont. If by ever chance you ever listen to this, honestly, great company, had a storefront, worked there with my buddy, Adam. It was an amazing part-time job. Learned a whole lot about fish, which is like a random topic. That's like not really useful, but like I know a lot about seafood in that industry ish now. Anyways, this guy walks in one day, he's driving a Rolls Royce, wearing a fancy suit, wearing a Rolex. Like he looks like he's a somebody and he's talking to the owner, Heather and he left. And then I asked her, I was like, Heather, like, who is that guy? He looks like a, you know, he looks like a somebody. Who is he? And she's like, oh, you'll never believe what this man does. His company 
makes rubber bands and they sell them to Canada Post, which is Canada's like, you know, national postal service. And I was like, well, that's it. Like, that's the, like the dumbest, simplest business ever. But like, uh, you know, obviously they need a fuckload of rubber bands. So yeah. like, yeah, that guy's going to make a lot of money and, and solve a problem. Cause like someone needs, yeah. someone's going to make those rubber bands. Like, why not you? Yeah. And then, like talk about your, like your fish point. Um, for example, if we were going to take your knowledge of fish, we could turn that into a course. Yeah. Really? Because the thing is like, you know more than me about fish and that's all that matters when you're selling something. Right. You know, I would love to learn about like the types of fish, the best sashimi, the best tuna sashimi, like how to cut it. So it's like um, presentable, all that stuff. And like, and maybe I'm not interested enough to like buy it right now, but if I had a dinner party and like the client I had, for example, wasn't into fish, like I'd love to buy that course for 97 bucks. And there's the thing is there's a million, there's a million people out there that probably are interested in that course and you're not making money from it because you haven't put that out there. Not right. that you should make a course on fish right now, but <laughs> the point being is you can literally take any knowledge you have that you guys consider a hobby and turn it into something that not only makes you money, but actually serves the world in a positive way. Yeah. You don't need to be the best in the world. And no. this is certainly something that I struggled with in fitness. Like I am not the best fitness person in the world and I never will be. And even if I was by chance, I would never admit to that because, you know, if you think you're the best, then you've lost but because you'll stop improving. Yeah. But, you know, like Peter says, like you just need to know a little bit more than the person who's who's looking for that and you'll be able to help them. Sure. You're not, you know, if I made a course on seafood, I'm not going to sell it for $10,000 because like, you know, I'm, you know, level two and, and you know the everyone else is level one yeah. and I'm level two. So I know just a barely a little bit more. So I'm not going to sell it for 10 grand, but you know, I can still sell it for 20 bucks. And if I create that and yeah, and, and it, and I just leave it on the internet it has decent marketing. Mm -hmm. People who are looking for it will find it. And that's creating a little bit of income on the side for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even today I have like a marketing blog that I just like post yeah. my marketing thoughts to, and I don't market it at all. I just, it's just a blog. And like today, you know, I had 15, 20 people like had somehow found it on Google, which I don't know how they found it, honestly, because I literally don't push it. Yeah. It's like the most ugliest website ever. It's retro. And, you know, they hit me up like, hey, like, can we give you some money to do some stuff? I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And like, that was just me putting my thoughts out into the world. That was not even trying to sell a product. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's as simple as that. Just like put your thoughts, your knowledge, your expertise out into the world in some sort of like course, video, podcast, and someone out there will give you money. And the thing is, you could be in your home in Toronto, you could be on the beach in Maldives, or you could be in like Greeks, Greece, you know, you know, touring the Parthenon and you would still get paid. Yeah. That's the magic of the internet. Yeah. Do you have any like, uh, what's the word for this? I mean, we've all heard this before. Put yourself out there. Just yeah. do it. Take the first step. Like this is all words that we know. Yeah. What was the actual thing that changed for you where you said, okay, I can actually take the first step? Because once you take that first step, you realize that, oh, it's actually not that scary. And, and, yeah. and, the, and the thing that makes you realize that it's not that scary is that you realize that nobody cares. Yeah. So yeah. what was it that, that thing for you? Um. So one of the things that helped me push at least write the first book and kind of put my, my knowledge out into the world was being part of like a group that I paid for because I didn't want to waste the money. Uh, or in that case, my dad was paying for it. Actually, I didn't want to waste his money more than I was wasting it for college. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, beyond that, though, I think like the, the, you have to realize the cons outweigh the pros. No one actually cares about your thoughts, which is... You know, it is what it is. It's just human nature. You know, everyone is so self-absorbed, including myself, about what their own life. And that's the lens that they see the world through. You know, people are always scrolling through Instagram, Twitter. It's very rare that you see someone actually care, about, other than like the stupid double click for the like, you know, and even then that's so unconscious now. People don't care, which means that like you can literally say anything anymore. You know, you can say whatever you want. And to take the first step is just to like, I think it's just a little self-belief, you know, that, that it's possible. And I can tell you right now, like if a kid that like literally no internet marketing knowledge can do it, you know, if my cousin Daniel can do it, not that he's stupid, but <laughs> any, literally anyone can do it. It's, it's the internet guys. It's not like, it's not, it's not medical school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been at it in the public space for, you know, internet public space for very long. Yeah. It's been, it's coming up on a year now. Um, but you know, that first post that I, that I put up, like I was pretty scared. Like there's no other way to put it. I was, I was scared, but I did it. And then after I was like, okay, yeah, a bunch of people liked it. No one has anything mean to say, obviously, you know, the 14 people who follow you on day one and they're all your friends and your mother anyways. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's fine. And then, you know, even today, like 
if people even say mean things, I've got a handful of mean comments or like people saying, oh, you're dumb or something on Instagram. Who cares? Yeah. They're, they're literally strangers. I don't know who they are anyways, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're overwhelmingly helping people unless you're like doing some dumb shit, in which case, you know, don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Don't do dumb stuff. Yeah. It's also not like when people are, I guess, trolling. Is that the word trolling? Yeah. Uh, it's usually about them and not about you. Especially yeah. in a world, it's always about them and not you. So. Yeah. That's what I would keep in mind. And then again, for me, it was always about like in the first book, it was like, all right, I'm going to write, I'm going to write one page today. Not even that. It was like, I'm going to write a paragraph today. That's how I started. The next day I wrote two paragraphs. And then the day after that, I'm like, all right, I'll write a page today. The day after that, I wrote, you know, two pages and I got into it. It was just, just baby steps. You know, the smallest possible step in the right direction will, is just miles ahead of everyone else. You know, that's yeah. all it is. And just, and I think it's just following through just commitment to the process, you know, the podcast, we know the podcast isn't going to make money right now, hopefully in five years. But the only reason you, the only way you get there is if you just show up to the fucking podcast and just do the work. Yeah. How do you get ripped? You show up to the fucking gym. How do you die? You show up every day and eat your salad or whatever you're eating. You don't yeah. have to eat salad for dieting, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but it just show up day in, day out, do what you need to do that 1% better every day. And that's it. It's the little decisions that make the biggest difference, not the big ass decisions that everyone thinks about. Yeah. And that's perfect that you did that. I was also just going to connect this back to the gym with like, a couple things here and just let me go for a second here is that like it's called the spotlight effect. The spotlight effect is when you think that everybody's looking at you, you know, you're the center of the world. And you know, this happens when you go to the gym, everyone goes to the gym. And for anyone who's back in Toronto, this is going to happen to you when you, (laughs) when you eventually get back in the gym, because if you do, you know, whatever, shout out JT, um, (laughs) or whatever, whoever's in charge up there. Um, ah, fuck what was I saying? When you go back to the gym, you're going to be like, all self-conscious, everybody's looking at me, everybody's, you know, judging me. Nobody gives a fuck. No. Everyone thinks that. Everybody in the gym thinks that everybody's looking at them and everyone is only worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. And the same is true on the internet. And the same is also true for these big accounts that you all follow. All the influencers, all the celebrities, they post something and they're like, oh my God, everyone saw my post. Probably not even. Yeah. Go to like you know, go to like The Rock, and I'm I'm just literally pulling this, uh, not pulling it up, but I'm just saying this. And I don't even know this for a fact, but like, look at The Rock. He's got a probably you know tons of millions of. He might be the most followed person, whatever. He's got lots and lots of followers on Instagram. Look at the number of followers he has compared to the number of likes he gets on his posts. Yeah. It's a fraction of yeah. how many like people, and the same is on mine. The same is on everybody's. So it's not everyone is caring about you, or or even paying attention or noticing what you're doing. And, and that, and that, that sounds almost like a bad thing. It's like, oh my God, no one's paying attention to you. But no, it's a good thing because it makes you feel less nervous. And especially when you're starting, and I know this about myself is like my posts, while they're not perfect, they have gotten significantly better since when I started. Yeah. And that's how you do anything. It's like, yeah, I sucked at writing in the beginning, but like, how do you become a better writer? You fucking write more. Exactly. There's no like, exactly. I remember like, uh, Ivy school of business, fucking whatever the godsend of Canada for business school, which is a joke in itself, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they had a class on entrepreneurship. I was like, what the fuck are you going to learn in a classroom about building a business? Just yeah. go build a business and fail, and then you'll learn way more. Yeah. You know? So, gym is the same, you know? How do you lift to learn weights? You can't read about learning wa- or lifting weights, right? You have to actually go lift them at some point. Yeah. You know, how do you diet? You have to actually diet. And the point being, like, reading is great, education is great, but... None of that is just, it's just mental masturbation until you actually do something and take action. And I would much rather prefer someone go start writing than read a book or take a fucking course on writing if they want to become a better writer. You know, if they want to make money online, well, start by just putting your thoughts out there. Yeah. Do something. Don't like read how to make money online posts. Yeah. Right. Just fucking do something. Yeah. And it's, and it's exactly the same with workouts. How often do you see people argue about like, oh, this is the best diet, this exact set and rep scheme is perfect and it's like people will get this paralysis by analysis where they overanalyze every aspect of their health and fitness or any other aspect of their life but then never actually do anything if you get in the gym and do something that's like kind of half perfect you will be significantly better off than the person sitting at home complaining about what it is that you're doing yeah 100 just fucking get up go do something whatever it is there's like a law of uh my one of my friends ian stanley he talks about um, talks about luck and chaos a lot one of the and we talked about this too daniel that uh every city is like a pinball machine you know and with covid the pinball stopped moving so your chance of getting lucky and running into someone that might just change your life whether that's like a soulmate whether that's a business venture 
whether it's just like having dinner with friends and then another friend comes by and you meet them, you know, like, you know, Daniel came here and we had, you know, my buddy, Steven, um, who I'm writing the book with, you know, he's got 300,000 Instagram followers and all of a sudden Daniel's on the podcast and we're, you know, we're blowing up the, the, uh, the podcast now. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to get bigger. And, and just to inter- interrupt there, like yeah. I haven't released the names yet and they'll, you know, you'll see them, but like, I've got a couple other big guests already lined up and yeah. like, they didn't happen because of being in Florida, but like one, one thing with Steven and, and maybe he'll hear this is like, you know, I, I didn't actually know Steven before I got here and I met him and he's a great guy. I love him. Amazing guy. But you know, he's got a big, very big audience on Instagram. He's also just a regular guy. Yeah. He's not a, he's not a God. Yeah. I mean, he does look, he does look <laughs> like, he does look like a God. I'll give him that. Yeah. But you know, he's a regular dude, super cool guy. And, and these people are approachable. And then I messaged other people on Instagram or, or email or however I messaged them that are going to be on the podcast. And they're also got big audiences and, and legit names and whatever. And they're just regular people too. Right. And that's not a down, that's not a downgrade. That's just to say like, Hey, these people are, they're real they're people. They're accessible. They're human. Yeah. They make mistakes. They have all the same insecurities that we all do. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, dude, just, just start doing something. Even if it's, who cares about making money online? Just like, if you want to better your life in any way, just go do something. Just like take one step today in the right direction. Even if it's the smallest fucking step, like, you know, you want to improve your relationship. Like instead of coming home and like, you know, just dropping off your briefcase or whatever, maybe like kiss your spouse first or hug them first, you know? And that's all you have to do to make your relationship better. Just start with that. Yeah. Something as small as that and actually goes a long way. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talked about that. Yeah. He talked about, um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like how you enter your home, like says a lot about yeah. your relationship and your life. Like if you just enter in a rush and it's like, like it's chaos all the time, like that's not okay. You, you know, you should be, you should enjoy coming home. It yeah. should be a good thing. Right? Well, the things that you do every day affect your entire life. It's called, it's a book I'm writing. It's called the butterfly effect. Um, and essentially that the smallest decisions in life yield the most dramatic results and no one pays attention to them. For example, what you eat on a daily basis, what water do you drink? Is your air, you know, quality good? There's, you know, I saw a study uh, where there's a particle called PM 2.5, which is uh, it's soot essentially, which is you know exhaust from cars. Whereas people that live in cities and breathe out air are like twice as likely to have Alzheimer's. Um, that's not like a confirmed fact. So don't, you know, no legal shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being like, well, you, you if you just breathe that air once, like you'll be fine. If you smoke a cigarette once, no one's getting lung cancer with a cigarette. But once you do that every day, that shit adds up big time. And just as it can be bad, it can be good. You know, you start, you know, doing a push up every single morning. I promise you by the end of the year, you will be in much better shape mentally and physically than if you just didn't do one push up. And that's only one push up on one day, which probably takes about five seconds of your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And these small changes, they just aggregate. Yeah. And like you said, same thing with a diet. Nobody ever got fat from eating one pizza. Yeah. Nobody ever got skinny from eating one salad. I, I believe that's a Jordan Syatt quote, but it, it's very true. I mean, you can't do anything once. You've got to do the small things. It's the day-to-day that matters. And that's in your professional life. That's in your fitness life. That's in any other aspect of your life that, yeah. you, that you need. If you right? do it every day, you have to get it right from day, well, as soon as possible. If you're sleeping eight hours a day, you damn well better fucking figure out how to sleep well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's eight, it's a third of your life. Yeah. If you're eating every day, well, you better figure out some nutrition. If you're working out every day, well, you know, figure that shit out. Hire a coach, hire fucking Daniel, like hire someone just to teach you how to do it properly. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. these are important parts of your life that yeah. need to be, need to be done properly. <laughs> like you have one body, yeah. you know, you don't get, you don't get a second one and not to sound cliche, yeah. you need to like live in your body. And if you don't have that body, you can't live. You can't travel. You can't go to the beach. Imagine not being able to walk down the beach. Like, yeah. what a goddamn shame that would be. Yeah, we were we were joking that if we we live to like ninety ninety five, we're gonna come back and do our same walk along the Naples Vanderbilt Beach. Yeah, <laughs> maybe come in this podcast studio and do a yeah, podcast and do another like, podcast again. Yeah, yeah, we should we should do that 70, when we're when we're years. when we're ninety nine. We'll listen back to this one. Yeah. Um. On that note, about the environment, importance yeah. of environment. This is something that you and I have kind of really come to realize in the yeah. past couple of weeks. We touched on a little bit earlier where like, you know, Toronto was great. Our grandparents, uh, you know, they landed in, ter- they just happened to get to Toronto because that's where they, that's what where they got. Yeah. That's what it was. Everything's been great, but now things are different. How much in your opinion, like does that environment play a role? Like how, how have you felt differently since you've been here? You've been here for two, almost two months now. I've been here for like three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Two months. Um, yeah, environment is everything. It's the most overlooked. It's the nature versus nurture battle, which no one, which people like to say, ah, oh, your genetics are your future, which I think is complete bullshit in my opinion. Um, 
who you hang out with every day, what you're watching, what you're consuming on Instagram, what you're feeding your body, all that is considered your environment or what I like to call like a climate instead, you know, and you can control your climate. You can control your environment. At least you can try to, you know, if, I mean, if, if, if you can't get out of your city for whatever reason, financial reasons, you know, you got to do your best to like limit like the negativity of social media, the negativity of like family and friends, all that kind of stuff, because all that plays a role in how you are going to develop as a person and the kind of life you will lead. If you hang out with millionaires, there is no doubt in my mind, you will eventually become a millionaire. You know, if you hang out with bums, you'll hang, you'll become a bum. There's a reason that homeless people stay homeless is they hang out with other homeless people for the most part and they become all buddy, buddy and friends and no one wants to leave the group. There's, um, there's a story about crabs. I heard it's uh there's a bunch of crabs in a bucket. Um, this, I think you've heard this story, yeah. right? Yeah. So this, uh, this, the couple is walking along the farmer's market near the ocean and there's a fisherman who has a bunch of crabs in the bucket. Um, and they're talking to the fisherman and the, uh, the dad, you know, he looks over and, you know, sees one of the crabs trying to escape out of the bucket, right? He's watching him. He's going to escape. And, you know, he tells the fisherman, he's like, oh, you're going to lose your crabs. And, uh, yeah, the fisherman's like, no, 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 watch what happens. And so what happens is that the other crabs actually pull the crab trying to escape down just as he's about to escape, you know, and, and that's, that's how life unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it is, you know, you people, you wonder why people are staying in the middle class, the upper class, the lower class. It's the crabs in your life, you know? Um, and it doesn't mean like people are bad inherently. They just don't want you to be better than them because that is human nature. You know, everyone suffers from it. I suffer from it. Daniel suffers from it. Everyone does, you know, and the whole point is just surround yourself with the best possible chance of winning, you know, for dieting. We're talking about dieting now because I'm dieting down for this, this book you know, I, I try not to keep any junk food in the house. You know, I was at my parents' house before and, you know, my mom's cooking is phenomenal. And like, it's not like we have junk food, but you know, we have, we have popcorn lying around. We have, you know, Yaya brings like cake over and like, it's not a big deal, but it's like, why, why not just put myself in an environment where like, if I happen to have a willpower issue, it's just impossible to fuck up my diet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and there's obviously like trade-offs to that uh, yeah. because, you know, we're a family and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, the environment is, the environment is huge. And like that crab, that crab story is like, yeah. it's very true to people. And like, obviously, you know, with the homeless thing, yeah, there's a whole host of like yeah. other issues that go with that. But, but a less extreme example is like, yeah, you know, the, the millionaire thing, you hang around people that are successful, you're going to, you're going to find a way to be successful. And here's another thing that I want to ask you about. And I, and I think you're going to agree with me. I'm almost certain you will. <laughs> is like this concept of choice. A lot of people think that they don't have a choice. And I think that in anything in life, I think that we always have a choice. And the yeah. challenge is that we don't realize that we have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can choose to leave your city. You can choose to leave your job. Your lifestyle might have to change. You know, if you're making 100K working some office job in Toronto, you can leave that job and go make 40K living in like some, you know, middle of nowhere city. You can do that. That's, that's like a real thing that you can do if you, if you want to do that, right? Yeah. But you have to realize that you have the choice and then have have the audacity to, to make the choice. It's the audacity to change and people it's not that people I mean people don't like change for the most part, but it's that our society is built on the fact that change is bad. Right? Consistency is good. You know, consistent government, consistent pay, consistent everything. It's safe. It's exactly. And there's nothing wrong with safe. You know, your family wants you to be safe. That's the thing. You know, parents, the pa like the reason my parents, for example, probably weren't thrilled about the idea of going online is because going online isn't safe, which means that I won't have necessarily a safe future, which gives them anxiety. Right. But there's no like the, the good shit in life, I guess, in my opinion is it comes from risk. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't play life safe. Yeah. You know, you, you lose like you can't play not to lose. You got to play to win. Yeah. No, nobody. Yeah, exactly. No, nobody who ever played it safe, you know, made it big. And and if that's what you want, then yeah. then that's also okay. Yeah. But, but make that decision that that's what you want, right? Exactly. Don't just go through life and play yeah. it safe and then wish that you had something yeah. more because it's not going to work like that. Yeah. Like if you end up in an office job, like I hate shitting on office jobs. I just do it because I mean, I do like shitting on them, but <laughs> it's just easy. It, yeah. It's just easy. It's just, if you actually like your office job, then that's fucking awesome. Like, I'm so happy for you. But if you just are in an office job because that's where you ended up and you didn't consciously choose it and you hate your life, like, fuck, like you should do something. Don't just like, 
you got like one life as far as we know, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. My thing about like office jobs, especially anything like financial accounting, whatever is like, this is such a, a human construct all around money. Yeah. Like what if we didn't have money? Yeah. None of those things would exist. Like what are you actually, and maybe I just don't understand this whole industry enough, but it's like, what are you actually doing in the world? Like I think about fitness and like, you know, improving people's like, health, their physical fitness, their, and, and by an extension, their life. Sure. You can make the the stretch that like, you know, accounting isn't like a necessary thing that yeah. is like, you know, you need to like get your finances in order. So you blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. Yeah. But like, that's not a very, that's not a human thing. That's like a, a human constructed thing. That's not like a primal biological thing. So I have a very hard time believing yeah. that someone, you know, is born and is like, what do I want to do in the world? Yeah. I want to be an accountant yeah. or but, I yeah. want to, you know, X, Y, Z financial job. Like that's not a, that's not, that's not a thing. And I think, but I think it is for some people and those people become the all-stars that we know. So that's the thing. Yes. So I think that those people though, they find a different piece of that. It's not about the accounting. It's the problem solving that Mm -hmm. they enjoy. And the accounting is just the medium or, or, or the law or the whatever. And it's, it's something else that they can find to like, to connect to. That's something that's actually very human. And then, you know, the, the actual job on paper is just the medium by which they, you know, deliver that or, yeah. or fulfill that need in their, in their biology. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I just think that, look, like you got one life, like, I don't know, fucking do something with it, like, or not. I mean, it's your choice, but. But do it with your eyes open. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, and, you know, not to say that, you know, we, we say a lot of things and, and sometimes, you know, me and Peter feed off each other and get yeah. a little, get a little hyped <laughs> up and, and maybe we sound like, something more cocky something and it's not we don't mean to sound like that maybe we mean for this to be a little bit inspiring motivational maybe um but you know i don't want anyone to take this as like a oh my god i'm a big shot peter's a big shot like no that's not the case it's just like a we've realized this we're on this path we are going on this so us even having this conversation is part of this whole environment part of us like doing the whole thing so we're just living it out as we're you know we're kind of quote unquote documenting it as we're going through it. Yeah. And and no one's made it. No one's when do you made when have you you're just gonna like get somewhere and be like, ah oh, well, yeah, I made it. I'll just stop yeah. now. I t- I know <laughs> tons of, you know, people that have made it at least financially and like all of them work still. Yeah. Because like what else are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you just gonna <laughs> sit there, read a book on a beach? How long is that gonna last? Two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. Especially for someone that like if you sell a ten million dollar business, like you put in some fucking work. Like what you just gonna turn that off and stop working and like do nothing. Yeah. That's nah, impossible. Yeah, exactly. I, I made that like a uh, joke about that uh, thing on my Instagram about that, uh, that mouth clamp thing. Yeah. And I was like, I job, wish, yeah. I wish I could, uh, I wish I could invent a product that's even dumber than this. That would make even more money yeah. so that I could turn around and then use that money to actually do some real shit. Because, <laughs> you know, let's say I make a hundred million dollars from some dumbass product. Yeah. Then I could use that hundred million to actually do some real work in the world. And that's like my whole thing about wealth and like people's, you know, they, you know, rich people are bad and all this like fucking horse shit that, you know, the middle class and poor people say like, I mean, I also think that rich people invented that so that other people wouldn't get rich. That's a theory <laughs> of mine. I don't know if it's proven or not, but money is inherently amazing. It solves a lot of problems, you know? And if you have, you know, if I have a thousand bucks, I just give away to church or homeless people or to a hospital. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. But if I, if I'm struggling financially, I can't do that. And if I'm also struggling or if I'm not struggling, if I'm, you know, free flowing and doing well financially, I can also give my time, which is even more important. Right. Not worry that like food's not going to be on the table for my family, for my kids, for my, you know, parents or whatever. Right. Right. And that's why like I have such a drive for like building like true wealth creation. Right. Because, you know, you can serve the world better when you're rich. That's right. ultimately what it is. Right. And I want to just zero in on one thing you said there is that money solves problems. Yeah. Money doesn't make you happy. No. Being rich doesn't make anybody happy. Absolutely but not. like Naval said, I, I mentioned this in the podcast with Stephen. Yeah. You didn't hear it yet, but, and we said it earlier, money solves all the money problems and that's still a big deal. It's a fucking big deal. And like, also, I mean, I don't know, man, I like living in the beachfront condo, not going to lie. So hey, it's not, it's not a bad life. It's not a bad life and it could be real. Exactly. could be permanent rather. That is the problem. Yeah, man. Um, let's wrap this up here because I'm starving and we got to go get tacos. Let's do it. Um, 77 laws of six pack abs. When are we launching? September? Um, September 28th, unless there are any setbacks, which there is not. There should not be any more setbacks. 
So yes, yeah, number 28, New York city. Um, so you can have a little internet marketing party and book launch party and get some maybe mini celebrities there. I have no clue. Maybe. Sounds good. Sounds like a good yeah. time at um, Stephen Campolo, follow Stephen's stuff. Um, yeah. he'll post more stuff about, uh, the book, yeah. about the book. Peter's not super active on Instagram. Um, but yeah, this was awesome. I think we'll do another one of these. I mean, we said we'll do one every year, at least yeah. like a recap of, of some sort of these, but this is sweet. Um, anything else you want to kind of leave anyone off with uh, any last message to kick anyone in the ass? Um, uh, you should just hire Daniel for fitness <laughs> shit. If you haven't already. Appreciate you. You're the man. Um, if anyone wants to ask you questions about any internet marketing stuff, where can they find you? Um, just email me, Peter at peterzemus.com. That's probably the best way. There's my, I have my marketing blog called beatyourcontrol.com, but yeah, just email me. Okay. I'll throw that in the show notes as well. Um, if for some reason you can't find that, um, just message me and I'll put you in contact with Peter. Don't bother him. Don't be a weirdo, obviously. Um, and that's it, bro. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Leave a rating and review on iTunes goes a really long way. Get busy living, get busy making money, get busy doing something that uh, is meaningful in life. And that's it. Follow me on Instagram as well. Forgot to mention that. At Daniel Yours. Just a little interjection there. But yeah, whatever that message was, do that. <laughs> awesome, man. Bye, everybody.